Yo, this is Anton from AntonDaniels.com. I'm over here with the Kings over here, real life street stars. And listen, man, if y'all not tapped in, if y'all not tuned in, if y'all not subscribed, then you're really doing yourself a disservice and I don't f with you. I have to ask um, America, you know, this experiment called America. Mm. And I got to ask you as far as your thoughts towards the black man's mentality. When I see a movie like, um, let's say, Django Unchained, yeah. uh, you see Samuel Jackson in the big house. Mm -hmm. uh, he don't really want no other black man in the big house. And that <laughs> seems to be like a mentality that goes on to where, like, once I reach this level of success, within my Caucasian counterparts, I really don't want to see a bunch of us in there because I know what we might bring to tarnish what I did to get here. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like that is a mentality that kind of suffers through the black community? Because I don't see a lot of people reaching down. They say they do, but a lot of people don't reach down and pull up, whether it's through information, whether it's through opportunity and things like that. Mm -hmm. What are your thoughts on that? Fuck the black community. Yeah. <laughs> Worst fuck the black mind. culture, fuck the black community. I don't give a fuck about these motherfuckers, bro. I rock with people based off of the content of their character, literally, and not the color of their skin. If you black and you a good person, I fuck with you. If you black and you a robber, fuck you, right? If you white and you a good person, I fuck with you. If you white and you a robber, fuck you. But the fact that we keep separating ourselves based off of skin color is the thing that keep you distracted from the idea that you think it's a race war and it's really a class war. It ain't never been a race war. It's always been a class war. It's the haves and the have nots. And the thing that keep it, listen, the fastest way for somebody to finesse you is to call themselves a blackity black. It's to use proper, <laughs> if it was so easy for us to solve for the problem of aligning ourselves, and if all of these leaders was gonna be able to do so, then how come they ain't did it yet? Umar Johnson been building this school for 15 fucking years. Where is it at, yo? Where? <laughs> Where's it at? And then he got the nerve to be talking shit about LeBron James and his I Promise school. That's crazy. Listen, the reason that LeBron James are able to, to, to do some of the things that he's doing in the community, and I think that LeBron is getting a bad rap for that I Promise school because you can't fucking force your kids to do the things that they supposed to do. You got to fix the core root of the issue, and it's the parents, right? Teachers are overglorified babysitters, and they're catching a bad rap because the parents ain't parenting before they get to school. All right, so that's number one. You gotta create the environment for the parents to be able to thrive that then allows for them to divest themselves from our cultural norms that allows for them to put in their kids what they're supposed to do so they can pay attention to fucking school, all right? But here's the thing. It's the culture that's trash. It's the things that we celebrate the most. And that's why I align myself with people based off of character because it was never based off of the idea of race. Race was the thing that was used in order to keep you distracted. They keep using race in order to justify the fact that they think that you're behind. I see immigrants come over here every single day and they African, they from Nigeria, they from all over the fucking globe and they work their ass off and they become more successful than you. How is that possible when you born here? How is that possible when you born here, right? I don't have to pull you up. You got all of the opportunity in the world to do so. I'm not fucking with nobody just because they black. I hate when I see businesses to say it's a black owned business. I'd be like, oh, so you just trying to get a leg up? Because we the same color, man. I don't know who the fuck you could be beating your wife in the other room. I'm supposed to give you my money just because you black? I don't know what you're doing in your spare time. All of the people, listen, the dudes that, that carjacked me in Detroit, they look just like me. They look just like me. Now, that don't mean that I'm supposed to look at another black person and say, oh, man, 
you bad because they carjacked me. But I evaluate each and individual person based off of who they are, not what the color of their skin is, because I done seen a lot of finessers look like me. It's just flat out. Some of the greatest opportunities that I ever got in my lifetime was based off of somebody. It was a pale white woman. A pale white woman was, was brighter than them lights and she, on her dying wish on her deathbed, I was working at the University of Michigan and she did some of the greatest things. She had, uh, she died of cancer and um, I think it was leukemia or something like that, but she wound up dying of cancer and one of her dying wishes before she passed away was she ensured that I got hired in as a permanent employee because I came in as a contractor. She made sure that I got the best benefits, the best package before she passed away. Now I'm supposed to forget her and forget what it is that she did to me or she did for me as a good person and, and try to say that she she lesser of a person than the motherfucker that tried to carjack me? That's crazy. Well, that's a beautiful story. But mm -hmm. I tend to think that uh, those good graces come from all the motherfuckers they finessed before they got to you. How? Ain't nobody that's alive today that was a part of slavery? Huh? Ain't not one person alive today that was a part of slavery. No, for sure. Most of these motherfuckers that's claiming that they didn't been through something may never experience no racism in their life. Well, uh, I guess it's the systemic part that we still fucking. What's systemic that, about it? Systemic racism? Mm hmm. Shit. Tell me what's systemic about it. Uh, I don't see it. Wait, wait did, did they uh, change? Uh, what's the um the uh, what's the thing where you got to hire a certain amount of colored people, or whatever? That's racist uh, in itself. Yeah, I know. Affirmative <laughs> action. Affirmative action. Yeah. That's racist. Um, there's some companies that's pulling that back. They're saying, hey, we're, uh, yeah, they did away with it. Yeah, they're largely. Like, yeah. yeah, the Supreme Court did away with affirmative action. Yeah. Shout out to the Supreme Court. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, let's get That's it. racist in itself. That yeah. means that you're not getting in on your merits. You're getting in based off of the fact that they had to include you. I know so many people that got into college based off of the fact that they was a part of a diversity, equity, and inclusion program, and we they gotta, flunked the fuck out. Right. We got to put you they in couldn't, here. <laughs> they couldn't even handle it because they wasn't prepared to be able to, to, be able to compete on a, on a larger scale. So you don't believe in systemic racism? A absolutely not. Absolutely not. It's oh. too much money for it to be a systemic racist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's too much money. Listen, the biggest racist that I've ever seen in my life was in y'all own, it was in y'all, y'all, y'all living rooms. Go go and put a camera inside of a black living room and see what grandpapa and grandmama is talking about. Mm, nah. They got some of the wildest takes that I've ever seen in my entire life. Nah, for real. We're like, is that racist? <laughs> Dad, are you racist? And we just <laughs> overlook it like it's no big deal. Nah, right? Listen. I don't believe in systemic racism in the United States of America. It's too many people getting too much money. And I ain't even talking about black people. Listen, think about it like this. If it was systemic racism based off a of race, right? Then why are white people literally slightly above us when it comes to the amount of money that they make per household? Why are the majority of white people the ones that's on federal government programs? Why are they the ones that's the biggest welfare recipients? Where is it at? How come it's not benefiting them? Why they're not working in their own best interests? Why are the ones that's making the most per household Asian and Indian? Why they not holding them back? Why did we pass the Asian hate crime bill? You know why? It's about this. It's about cultural norms. Tell me where the systemic racism is and why it's not working for them, but it's only working against us. Yeah, it sounds like an excuse. Uh, because once somebody gets past it, they're like, okay, the excuse is gone. Well, let's say that it is, right? Let's say hypothetically that it's really a thing. Let's, let's substantiate that argument. Then what? Uh, you fight the system. How? 
Uh, you move. <laughs> you know what you do? You win. <laughs> Listen, the biggest thing that they can do for you is tell you that it's an excuse for why it is that you wasn't successful. Yeah. And no sports program. And the reason why these kids are soft is because they give them participation trophies. Let's say that your coach is against you. What do you do? You fucking win. Yeah. You prove them wrong. And they say you can't. And the, and the thing that you're supposed to do, even if you felt like it was true, then you're supposed to work 10 times harder in order to change the dynamic for somebody to come after you, not use it as an excuse for why you wasn't successful. Yeah. I was the only person in most of my classes for software engineering. The only person that looked like me in a class of software engineering. You think that I was going to wait for somebody to tell me that I was okay in order for me to be successful? I worked, I worked, I worked all of the motherfuckers. I go. stayed over. I made sure that I networked effectively. I did what I had to do in order to feed my family. Now I have the opportunity to put somebody else in a position of power. Systemic racism don't exist because it's never going to be an excuse, even if it was real, as to why I can't be successful. Nobody can stop me. How I'm going to say I believe in God, but I'm going to let a man control my fate? Yeah. can't stop me from being great. It's almost like telling a big person you can't fit through this door and like, all right, I'm going to just work out. What you going to do to me? Listen, listen. <laughs> the only thing that you can do is stay the fuck out of my way. Because mm. you're going to be in trouble. If it's me or you, you going down, bro. Because I don't fucking sleep. That's I'm going to do whatever it takes in order to put my daughter through college without no student loans. You going down. Listen, I hope you on my team. It's better for you to be with me than against me. Everybody that's an enemy of me, anybody that's ever had a problem with me in my life, anybody that's ever did anything to me, I got a fucking list. I'm on your ass. You don't even know that you were enemy. And that's You don't even know that you were enemy. I'm on your ass, bro. Listen, listen. I have a list in this phone right here. <laughs> I got a list of people since I was 12 years old that told me what it is that I couldn't do. Yeah. That told me that I wasn't going to be successful. Shout out to my calculus teacher in high school. That motherfucker told my, my now wife, stay away from him because he ain't no good. I've been married for 20 fucking years. I'm on his ass. Mm. Ain't nothing you can do to stop me, man. Listen, it's my always, it's mine to lose, not yours to take away from me. You can't do nothing about it. I can't say that I believe in God and, I, and he has control over my life and it's whatever it is that his will is, but then I'm subjecting myself to a man based off of the color of his skin. Fuck you. Can't nobody tell me what to do. Can't nobody control my fate. I don't believe in nothing that nobody say. I only believe in myself. I am a God because I was made in his image. Nobody controls my fate except for me. I'm the greatest that there is that ever did it. And it's only a matter of time before you realize it, but I'm not doing it for you. Listen, the journey is for me. The results is for you. You pay attention to it. All these motherfuckers just now started listening. Man, it was people in my own family that told me I wasn't going to be successful. Now look at them. I'm, I employ them motherfuckers. Yeah. <laughs> Ain't nothing you can do to stop me. Listen, the minute that you start making excuses, whether you say a systematic racism or another man or your own motherfucking person that's laying next to you, 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 you lose favor in my eyes. I don't see you. Because I don't, I don't align myself with losers. I align myself with winners, and winners win. Winners and they win. create the opportunities for everybody else. I don't subject myself to that. I'll never be, ever, ever be dependent on somebody else in order for me to make sure that I take care of my family. I'm always going to create the opportunities. So that's why I want to ask you, um, you know, we talked about power, money, fame, but I want to ask you how important for you is legacy. And I say that with the sense that you, you made mention earlier that don't ever... 
become a stepfather without kids and take care of someone else's kids. Mm-hmm. That same man could be successful and he has no one to leave it to. Mm-hmm. Mom, dad, gone, no sisters, no brothers. He wants to possibly pass on his legacy to something. Mm-hmm. And fuck maybe stepchildren. Fuck he them fucked step them kids. Still fuck them kids. Fuck well, your regular kids. What are your thoughts? What, 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 what are your thoughts on legacy? To what you who you are after you're gone. Let me ask you a question, right? Because the, the the argument with legacy largely comes with tying yourself to kids, right? The people that come out of your loins, your lineage, right? Yeah, we obsess right now with tracing our lineage, how much we have of this in our blood or whatever. Let me ask y'all a question. Right off the top of y'all head, what the fuck is Martin Luther King's kids doing? So, 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 then is his, legacy, is his legacy defined by his kids or is his legacy defined by what it is that he's done in this society that then imparts or impacts what it is that people is thinking about him or how it is that he affects people's thought process going forward for the rest of their lives? Because I don't believe that your legacy is defined by the kids that you have. I believe that your legacy is defined by how you impact people and whether or not you leave this earth in a better space had you not been here, right? Listen, I'm a Bible guy. We all, or if you read the Old Testament, God made a covenant with Abraham that his seed would would outnumber the earth, that it would be like sand, right? And in the Old Testament, nobody really understood it. And if you're reading it and you don't actually read the New Testament, which is one of the reasons why you got to read both, you would think that that promise fell flat on its face, right? The manifestation of that was Jesus coming and then professing himself, right, or giving his life for the salvation of the rest of us, which then made us all seeds of Abraham. The manifestation of it, just because you don't understand it at the time, don't necessarily mean that, you, that you're actually living in your purpose. Meaning that even though you don't understand it, if you believe it and you're actually going towards wherever it is that you're supposed to be going towards, you'll still fulfill it. The seed of Abraham is now the rest of the people that are now believers, right? It's not based off of how many kids that he had. And so if we translate that and we also use our real life examples, take the Martin Luther King, right? His legacy can be debated. Every fucking street that says Martin Luther King on it in every city across America is fucked up. That means that we don't honor his legacy. What it is that he sacrificed as a result of us. All of the civil rights leaders, white and black, Freedom Riders, right? They sacrifice their lives in order for us to vote. We don't even educate ourselves enough to even understand who we voting for, let alone even participate in our local elections. All across, the, all across America and every urban community, the turnout rate is less than 10% for your local election. We don't honor their legacy, right? But then we want to have a conversation about children. And most of y'all children is fucked up. Mm, talk to me so... Is legacy also defined by how fucked up your children are? Is that a reflection of who you are as a parent? Legacy is supposed to go both ways. I hate the Jordan debate. Oh. I hate the Jordan debate. You know why I hate the Jordan debate? Because we only remember the six, the six victories. We don't remember when he came back and Horace Grant and Orlando Magic kicked his ass. We don't remember that part. We don't remember the fact that Isaiah Thomas and the Pistons beat his ass in 89-90. We don't remember that he got his ass kicked all throughout the 80s before he ever got Pippen and then he wound up winning. Listen, it doesn't take away from the fact that he was a winner. It don't take away from the fact that he made six finals, but we define it as, well, six finals. What about all of the rest of the times he got his ass kicked in the playoffs? Them don't count too? I think, I think. The losses don't count as much as the wins? 
I think Jordan get a pass because his shoes, honestly. Cool. That's I, dope. That's <laughs> but, but my point is that why don't we include the entire picture? We don't include the Wizards Jordan too? We don't include his his ownership stint? Can I, we don't include that part too? We don't I, include, listen, we don't include his off the court ventures? Golf. <laughs> we don't include them big fucking suits that he wore? His fashion? Because we want to say the shoes was dope, but we don't want to fucking look at them suits that he was wearing though, right? <laughs> I'm just saying, is legacy entirely defined by the entirety of it, or is it only defined by the wins? Because we only, we only want to take the wins, we don't want to acknowledge the losses. If your kids is fucked up, do they also define your legacy? No. Uh, hold on. Hold, hold on. Hey, here, oh, yeah. Here, here's <laughs> what I heard. What I heard was leg, legacy is bullshit that they use to enchain, chain up your thoughts and have you believe in the saving money for a motherfucker who going to fuck it off. When people like Jackie Chan, <laughs> they don't even leave their money to their kids. They said they, his kids got to work for their own money. I think that you should leave something to your children, right? And that... You should not leave them because most of us are dying and leaving debt to our kids. Correct. Right. So I think that it is necessarily for you to leave something to your kids as far as an inheritance. You, sh you should also leave them with the life lessons that allow for them to be successful and not mess it up or let them ruin their lives as a result of it. But I largely believe that legacy is defined by whether or not you leave this earth in a better space had you not been here. So did you come up here and soak up resources and just die and you actually left nothing for anybody to actually uh, benefit as a result of you being here? Or were you a nuisance? Did you make things difficult? And then as a result of it, you know what I'm saying? Like, did you, did you make this earth better or was it worse as a result of you here? Did you just come up here and soak up resources, make things difficult for somebody, make a bunch of kids and die off? Or did you actually do something that was meaningful to make the earth a better space? I think that that's what defines legacy. I love it. Um, let's do it like this because, you know, uh, I got to talk about some current events with you. For sure. Uh, before we even get to the most recent, um, uh, you know, we had, a, you know, Charleston White up here. Shout out to my dog. Shout out to Charleston. Charleston. Uh, uh, Y'all uh, went on a tear. <laughs> Y'all went on a, a full tear. That's um, my guy, man. What did you see in him for you to even start bringing him on your platform? What, what did you see that? My people that was subscribed to me, they said, hey, man, <laughs> I think I'm going to rock out. And um, you know what I'm saying? I brought him over to Detroit. And we had just been rocking out ever since. We didn't, we didn't did everything. Went to the games. Yeah. I came to Dallas. I didn't visited his family. Shout out to his brother, his mother, yeah, K, all of them. Uh, K White. Uh, yeah, to, K yeah, White and all that. And so it's just listen, I think I just think that real recognize real. I do fucking good business. Um, I don't use people. Uh, if you love somebody, you'll actually make sure that they take care of them and you know you'll take care of them and you'll pay them what they're worth. And so I treat my brothers better than I treat the people in the street. And so I consider him a, consider him a brother. And that's my guy. I think that Charleston is 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 one of the greatest people that I've ever met in my entire life. Man, amazing. Amazing. It's my guy. Uh shout out to Dewberry too. Yeah, shout out to Dewberry. Shout out to Dewberry. Um yeah. do you have a new do you have a new Charleston White interview in the tuck? Are you uh, are y'all are y'all lining back up to do something else? Nah, Charleston had went on tour for a while. He did. He did. Yeah, he and he kind of disappeared out of our purview for a yeah, while. You yeah, know what yeah. I'm saying? So he was out there with T.K. Kirkland. Yeah, shouts out to the uh, success of comedy. You know. Yeah, yeah. So he was out there with T.K. Kirkland, and uh, I heard that that didn't that kind of went a little south. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> last of the good five shows. Yeah. Last of the good five. Supposed to be eighty shows. Yeah, last of yeah, good five. yeah. So, but he was out there doing his thing or whatever. So I plan on linking up, linking back up with Charleston. 
um, because I had just got busy. I had did that fucking Fleece Energy, uh, Fleece Johnson yeah, interview. Yeah, yeah, that's, that was the next question. How yeah, was that? <laughs> I did the Fleece Johnson interview, now, yeah. Now, mind you, and mind you, uh, there was one interview he did right before that, and I'm sure your fans probably said, hey, or you probably knew to get him. Because we even when Which we saw, I did Brittany Renner, Lamar, yeah, Adam, all of them. When we saw Fleece get out, we said we probably want to grab him ourselves. Um, <laughs> but you did an amazing job on that interview. Yeah. Um, like, how was that? And were you expecting, you. like, you always have a level of expectation when you go into an interview mm-hmm. of either over or under achieving what well, you thought first, it might as be? As soon as I met him, I knew that it was going to be lit. <laughs> because, because, you know, I asked him and, and I'm like, yo, is it anything that I can't ask you? He's like, no, nah, ask me everything. I'm going to be real with you. Like, he was overly excited to share all of the information. Plus, on top of that, right, um, he had, they had gave me some insight on what the fuck was happening with Vlad, right? Mm-hmm. So Vlad, um, allegedly, right, was saying that he turned down the Fleece Johnson interview. It's bullshit. It's all bullshit, right? Vlad tried to finesse right? According to what was communicated with me. And you know what I'm saying? I wind up making that shit right with him. And so, you know, I connected and we linked up and, you know, we did what we did. But in reality, I already knew that it was going to be lit. And my biggest thing when I interview people is I want them to actually express and say what they really feel. I'm not there to debate you. I'm not there to try to convince you to say something differently or whatever. I just want to get your authentic thoughts. And so whatever he was going to say, that's what I was fucking with and that's what I was going to be rocking with. And so when he started talking that shit, the only thing that I can think to my, myself was, oh, this is going to be lit. Yeah. Like, I don't got no ego. I don't give a fuck. Like, I'm secure in who I am. So I don't care if somebody say anything to me. That, that don't mean nothing to me. Yeah. When, your, when your wife, was your wife in the room when uh, he started flirting with Wife, you? security, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you see me, I, I roll yeah. with security, right? So they're like, what, nothing popping. She was cracking up. She thought that shit was hilarious. Man, I was dying. His bro. management, her, they was all cracking security. They was laughing like a mug, bro. Bruh. We was all chilling. Um, I want your take on the uh, the Deion Sanders. Oh, shout uh, out to Deion aura. Sanders. Yeah, that's yeah. going on right now in Colorado yeah. State, uh, yeah. the Buffaloes. Uh, he's changing the face of college football as we look at it with mm-hmm. branding with with excitement with, with with electricity as the rock said yep um what are your thoughts when you see that and also doing it with his family doing it with his sons i think that once his son go over to the nfl he going to ah i can see that deon sanders i think he going he, his whole goal is to create a legacy for both himself and his son beyond what it is that he did in football uh, deon sanders is an nfl coach He's the, he's the most dynamic person that's in sports today. He is captivating the sports world. College football centers around. I see Deion Sanders being talked about more than any other team inside of the NFL. Any other team inside of the NFL. Yeah. All of the rappers, everybody want to go and visit. You can't get no flights over to Colorado. Their games are sold the fuck out. <laughs> Bold he cover. over there, yeah, he over there killing it, whatever. Right? There was a trash team before he got there. He completely transformed it. The thing that we should be having a conversation about is all of the people that was hating on him before he got there. Yes. And everybody that tried to front on him about Jackson State when Jackson State was finessing me, finessing him, and they didn't give him what it is that he was promised. And here's the real, here's the real conversation that we should be having, right? Why is it that? The people that look like you do you the worst and then they want to hold you accountable when then you you start to come up when you do business with people that don't look like you. Right. Everybody that hated on him looked like him. The very institution that he supported and brought up was the institution that did him dirty. Right. 
Why is it that HBCUs couldn't get their shit together in order to make sure that they support him? They should have thrown him everything that he wanted. They should have rolled out the red carpet. Shouldn't have been no negotiation. Deion Sanders, you get whatever it is that you want. It shouldn't have been any conversation whatsoever. What do you want? All right, let me figure out how I can make it happen, even if we don't have it. Do you believe there? Do you believe in doubt? Like doubt exists. From who? From those who are. How come it wasn't no doubt with Colorado? They rolled out. Listen, when when he <laughs> went to Col- that's, that's the question. when he yeah. went to Colorado, they, they had said a blank check. <laughs> they said we don't even have the money to get they it. They didn't have him, the money, but we gonna figure out how to get it for and you. Now, and now yeah, and now and <laughs> six months later. <laughs> but but here's my point. How come they can figure it out, but we can't? Yeah, I think there was doubt. I there was think a lot it's, of doubt. It's the culture. It's the culture by which we subject ourselves to because we expect for people to do more for us than we're willing to do for ourselves. And I think you should always go where you celebrate it, not where you tolerate it. Listen, it's the same thing when it comes to relationships, bro. It's the same thing when it comes to relationships. You don't sit and deal with a black woman that's unruly just because she black. Go and get your motherfucking passport, bro. And go somewhere where you celebrate it, not where you tolerate it. You don't sit here and subject yourself to the worst of us just because you of it. You evolve past it. You are not your circumstance. You are something greater than what you currently subjecting yourself to. And it's the same thing when it came to Deion Sanders. Don't sit here and talk to me about where it is that he should have stayed. Listen, everybody got that revisionist history. What the reality is this. We not holding Jackson State accountable. We're not holding these HBCUs accountable. We're not holding the people that continue to hate on him accountable. The reality was this. He should have been celebrated and he should have never left because they incentivized him to stay, not because he had any kind of um, obligation to then do something greater for the people that wouldn't do it for themselves. Yeah, it's I don't nonsense. Know. I don't know why they didn't do that. Um, and, uh, you know, I see Charleston White trending right now going at his son. I, I know we, we know Charleston. I haven't even seen it. What did he say? Uh, oh, he, he said $20,000 to whoever could take out uh, Shador uh, Sanders. <laughs> 20000 for whoever could take him out. <laughs> but I think he's he's, play, he, he's playing into it, man. He's a he, he, Charleston to kind of know <laughs> yeah, what he's doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I got to get your thoughts on this because, you know, you're a kind of a, a relationship guru. You kind of you, you kind of know what it is. I know um, what it means to be successfully married. When you see... Jeezy and Jenny May. Mm-hmm. Jeezy filing for divorce. Yeah. Um, did you see that coming? Absolutely. Wow. She, she here in the United States of America, right? Yeah. The overwhelming majority of women here is tainted. If anybody has ever traveled, traveled overseas, if you went over to Tokyo, if you went anywhere, you understand that the cultures is completely different. It don't matter if you're Asian, Black, White, Hispanic, Latino, Arabic, whatever it is that you are right? Korean, Chinese, Japanese, whatever. If you are over here in America, if you had your wife over there and you brought her over here in America, she's going to be tainted. She's going to be tainted by the culture, right? And it's a completely different mindset that you have to have in order to be, listen, I, I believe this. I don't even believe, and this is, you know, just my opinion. I don't believe that Jeezy really, really was rocking with it. I think that it was a, a, a pivot that Jeezy was trying to make to move over into the corporate world. Yeah, I felt that. I think that it was a business decision, I right? Felt that. I think that Jeezy was trying to get away from being Mr. 17.5 and, and starting to you know, be looked at a little bit differently. I don't think that he was able to successfully pivot. And I think he had to align himself with somebody that was a lot more relevant, like somebody like that, in order to then 
you know, secure bigger bags, more corporate sponsorships, more opportunities that's outside of what it is that he had to subject you, himself to in rap. You know, you know, I felt like that too, but then, you know, I see him in his spaces like in all these hip hop spaces still going by Jeezy, still trying because, to drop Because that's where the money is. I get that, but it's like, it's like you can't you can't be trap Jeezy and be How was he dressing? He was dressing very very suited, suited and booted. He, he, suited and booted. I mean, but you got a song with uh, I think that Jeezy wanted to be Jay-Z. Yeah, I Jeezy I <laughs> wanted to transition over into the J world. Right, he wanted to switch over. He wanted to cross over and tap into a completely different audience and transition over into businessman. I think that Jeezy wants to be looked at differently than what it is that he came in like. Right. I don't think that Jeezy want to be remembered as Mr. Seventeen Five. I think that he's gonna to continue to secure them bags because that's the thing that pays the bills. That's the thing that continues to generate income. Right. He has his play to his core audience. He come to Detroit, his second home, every single year in order to do a show and all of that. And so you got to be able to get the bag, but I don't think that that's what Jeezy wants for his legacy long term. I think he wants something different than Mr. Seventeen Five. That was one of the ways he tried to play it, and it failed spectacularly. I, I think. That and I, you know, spectacularly. I, I and I agree, but I feel like Jay Z didn't really get his pivot until he married Beyonce. Correct. So he just grabbed the wrong, the wrong girl. He did. Like, <laughs> what well, he, he grabbed? Not only did he grab the wrong girl, but you also still have to have that business mindset, right? To make a transition over to something different takes a, a longer period of time. The amount of time that Jay-Z had to navigate through becoming the businessman that he is today, he had to have a lot of business successes before they started to take him serious in that world, right? Mm -hmm. And you had to have a group of people to forget who you were. It ain't been enough time passed for us to remember or to, or to change our minds about who Mr. 17.5 was. I still remember his 17.5. Right. You know what I'm saying? And so it takes time and it takes a lot of successes outside of rap music in order for us to start to believe that and see you differently. Jay had... The Rock Aware, right? Rock Nation, uh, Title, right? He's Live Nation. All of these different business ventures that he secured. He had multiple different partnerships with Samsung and all of these different places, right? He continued to level up. He's had successful tours with his girl. And so you you see a lot of that, that transition over into Jay-Z's life. Now he got dreads and he looked like a hippie. Now we don't even see Jay-Z as reasonable, you, reasonable you, doubt Jay-Z no more. You know why I think that is? Because... <laughs> Boys ain't jamming Jay-Z no more. Boys are still trapping to that Jeezy, man. <laughs> and then, listen, listen. I, let, me, let, me, let me talk my guy Jeezy. I believe Thug Motivation 101 Bro. is a top five album of all time. I, I, I was listening to it yesterday. That is a top five to album yesterday. Of, from the time that it cut on to the time that it go off. Hey. It is a top five album hey. of all time. It ranks up there. Listen. The very few albums can touch that. Yeah. Very few. Very few albums can touch touch Thug Motivation 101. I believe that that is, listen, that is one of the greatest albums out of the South ever. Right along with Outkast's AT Aliens. Right? Listen, I got some, some albums. I, I'm a hip-hop head to my core. I believe that Jeezy's album is a top of all time, and it's the thing that's going to keep him in the hood. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, I feel like a person who transitioned very well, ASAP <laughs> <A> Rocky. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, ASAP Rocky deserved to be right up there with Stedman. ASAP <laughs> Rocky. Listen, you know who fucked up? You know who really fucked up? 
Nicki Minaj's baby daddy. But that nigga, man, that nigga. Kenneth Petty should have been ASAP Rocky, aka Stepman. <laughs> Bro. Stepman is a legend. We don't even know if Stepman is. Stepman is a legend. We don't know if that's his first or his last name. You're right. <laughs> we don't even know what Stepman's first or last name is. Is it is it his first or his last name? Stepman been killing the game forever. We don't know nothing about him. He just living. He winning, right? He just winning. ASAP Rocky. We don't even recognize him for music anymore. Where's ASAP Ferg? Where is he? Where is he? <laughs> yeah, where they at? We know ASAP for fashion. Right. Straight up. Fashion. That's Rihanna's baby daddy. You know what I'm saying? Same thing that Kenneth Petty should have been. Now he out here getting fucking restraining and orders notice. and getting laughed at by Offset. And now the court is telling him that he got to stay home. You know what I'm saying? And he can't come out because he's trying to be a thug and he wants the spotlight. Now he got to get permission to go in the, t- in the school zone. You know what I'm saying? Shut the fuck up. Live play your life. position and stop trying to be in the spotlight. Safari should have been the same way. <laughs> Safari should have been the same way, but this motherfucker want to be all in the spotlight. You know what I'm saying? He want to he want to he want to get the the limelight on him. He want to do interviews, man. man. You should shut the fuck up and let her do her man, thing, bro. Speaking of cuz you said this earlier and I wanted to really touch on this. You was talking about Diddy and how he was just a influencer. Mm-hmm. And a lot of us are just influencers of this. And we have no real stake in the brands Rats. that we build. Like, how do we get out of the space of... Because these brands and these cultures, even like... I remember I watched an interview where they, uh, Jim Jones was talking about the brand Supreme. Yeah. And he was like, we built Supreme. Facts. And he was like, they don't, they don't even give us no clothes. Well, they should, and they shouldn't. You're right. <laughs> yeah, you was you was a for hire. Right. I, listen, I believe this. First of all, you got to stop attaching a merch to yourself. Correct. If you want to brand something, then it has to be bigger than you. And a lot of us want to be want the brand to be interdependent on us. We want to name it after us. We want to have it after our kids. We want to do all of this dumb stuff, right? If you want to blow up a brand, the first thing that you have to do is make it interdependent, not make it interdependent on you. It has to be able to exist on its own. You're just a paid sponsor of it. Think of yourself as a person that's an equity partner in it, right? You're using your influence to bring awareness to it, but the brand has to be able to stay on its own. But we don't want to grow something from scratch. We want something that's already ready made, and then we want equity in it. Ciroc was in existence before Diddy got to it. He said it. Ciroc, now, it may have been a brand that was losing, but it was already created. And then he had to beg for equity in it, and they said, no, forget you. Right. But so we don't want to build it from scratch. We don't want to have the legacy. We, we don't want to create anything yep. that have any long term growth in it yep. because we want the fast money. And we want to listen. The thing that ruined a lot of us is that we looked at entertainers and rappers as our idols yeah. and everything associated with them is fast money. We've never been taught to grow something from scratch. We never got the business principles. We never went to business school. Nobody got an MBA. Nobody actually did the legwork and went into corporate America. Nobody actually built anything from scratch. Nobody is actually taking the, 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 the risks, right? And we're afraid to fail. We're afraid to fail because we look, we look at that as a strike on our resume. The failures is, is what make you great. And so it's a lot of failures, especially creating brands that allow for you to be able to get those lessons that you can then input in something else that allows you to be successful long term. Right. And so you don't get the business acumen. You got to take your bumps and bruises and you got to suffer along the way. And then you never get the lessons because then we age out. And nobody is fucking with us at that point. And so I believe that if you start to actually look at the things that are successful, Rihanna built her brand and now she's no longer dependent on music so much so to where she ain't even thinking about dropping an album no more. Right. right. She created something from scratch 
and then it didn't have the name Rihanna on it. It was literally its own brand and then she leveraged everybody else's influence in order to continue to blow it up. We don't want to do that. We want that fast money. We want that quick money. If we was looking at the way that 50 did it with vitamin water, he got equity in it. Even when it comes to corporate America, right? Because this is not just attached to entertainers. This is not just attached to people that's great. This is also attached to how it is that we go about looking at things as far as what success is supposed to be. When we talk about executive compensation, we're not paying attention. Executive compensation is tied to the performance of the company. 98, 97, 95% of their compensation is tied to the performance of the company. They have equity in the company. That's what allows for them to get the huge paydays, right? We don't want that. I asked the guy on my platform the other day, I said, listen, if I gave you stock options in a company and I lowered your compensation, your, your base pay, but I gave you twice the stock options, would you take it? No, because I need the money right now. We addicted to fast money. His, circum- his circumstances money. made him say that. We addicted to, listen, why did Shy Money not want to take the point on Get Rich and Die Trying, but he was willing to take the little bit of money that 50 was going to offer or, or that the record label was offering? Yeah, yeah you were fast money. <laughs> we are used to fast money. We, we feel like, no, no tomorrow. Uh, we, listen, <laughs> we don't invest in companies, we day trade. We don't invest, we day trade. We're not looking at the 10 to 15 year play. We're looking at what we can get tomorrow. We go to the casino, we don't go to work, right? We play the lottery, we don't dollar cost average as far as investing in ourselves or or investing in our future, right? When we go into college, we go there in order to get the student loan money in order to party, not to pay for our classes. We have a mentality that's based off of short term, not based off of what long-term success looks like. And it translates even in some of our biggest celebrities. As man, I got to get your thoughts on. Um, there was recently uh, the creator, which is a movie coming out with uh, I forget his name, but Denzel's son. Mm-hmm. They did. Uh, they put AI AI robots in. Uh, oh, it's over. In, Char- in Charger Stadium, when you see the level of where AI is going. It's over. Um, just, you know, on Instagram reels, like from your mindset, cause you're into the tech world, you're into uh, automation, things of that nature. Where do you feel this is going to go and how quickly we're going to get there with AI and everything that's going to, we're already there. It's the end of the world. Oh man. Literally. It's, it's, scary. The end, it's the end of the world. Are you not scared of what's about to happen? No, cause I already expected it. It's oh. already been prophesied. This is what's going to happen. I'm just enjoying the ride while I'm here. It's over. <laughs> it's over, bro. Listen, listen, Elon Musk is already doing human trials with Neuralink. The chip that goes into your brain. They've already got done testing with animals and now they're actually going through through human trials. Human trials, bro. Have have y'all seen what they're building over at Boston Dynamics? No. Listen, my daughter is 15 years old and she asked me a question. We went on chat GBT and it broke down exactly how to do the equation. It taught us how to do it, right? When you think about not having to write a paper, when you're thinking about what people are leveraging it for as far as doing the content creation, it's over. It's writing code. It's controlling what it is that we think and it's outthinking us. Man, listen, they've already gave you all of the blueprint of what we was going to do to ourselves before it even happened. It started with Terminator, right? They told you, <laughs> it told you what was going to happen with iRobot and we, we're, run, we're racing to it and we're, we're literally going to kill ourselves as a result of it. It's over. It's so- already, we done. Let me ask you, um, in the we year, it, man. it's over in the year 2599, 
Thank God I'm not going to be here. You're not going to be here. What do you feel like America would look like? And what do you feel like the... the, the I don't normal- know if we're going to make it to 20, 2099. Oh, you mean like just as, as a species? <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I think we're going to destroy each other. Shit. We're going to kill our... Listen, man. Miami going to be underwater. <laughs> yeah, right? come on now. They below sea level. Yeah. <laughs> we destroying the earth. We farming more animals for human consumption, which actually contributes to the methane gas that's in the air, that's destroying what it is that's in the ozone layer. Everybody is kicking the can down the road. It's over. Man. It's gonna be fucking Water World if there's anything left. Oh man, go watch Water World if you never that, seen listen, it. Listen, that's why Great I didn't. Movie. I had one child, and the reason that I had one child is because I contemplate not having no kids. And the reason that I did that is because I didn't want to bring a kid into this world. I'm okay if my daughter don't have children. Because I think that the world is just going to be so fucked up as a result of it. I'm okay if my daughter don't have kids. That's why. I'm all right with it. This world is it's over, bro. Yeah. Listen, we don't. Y'all, listen, you can't even go into the bathroom if you send your your daughter into the bathroom, Mrs. Trump. I was in the airport and I was coming over from I think it was Tampa. It's coming over from Tampa. No, it was Miami because it was the Miami airport and. I seen a grown fucking man walk into the bat, walk into the woman's bathroom that had a wig on. Goddamn, just a woman. Yo, I went in there and I grabbed my daughter. Just a woman. I went in there and grabbed my daughter. He can, you, you can identify as what you want to. Words don't mean shit no more. It's crazy out here, bro. It's over. It is completely done, man. Before we get out of here, I just have one question. Uh, well, not even a question. I just want to get your thoughts on a statement. Mm-hmm. It's easier for uh, the, the camel to move through an eye of a needle than the a rich, rich man, man to make it into heaven. The in heaven. Uh-huh. You are a very rich man. Uh-huh. What, are your, what are your thoughts on that? I'm not defined by money, right? Money is just a tool. And the reason why it's so difficult is because money doesn't make you a better person. It makes you more of what you already are, right? So that, that you got to fully understand it. And when you're reading the word of God, you actually need to read the stuff that's before it and the things that's after it, right? And what it was what it was describing was was the mindset of a person that had so much, but didn't actually develop the character that goes along with whatever the resource is that comes along with it. The thing about God, and I was saying this before, is, is the thing about God is that it doesn't allow you to skip steps. Um, it forces you to actually develop every other aspect of who you are if you're going to then make money. And, you know, what is name? The thing that they don't include inside of that that conversation is that it was so many different people that was in the Bible that God favored the most and that he loved and they was the richest men on earth. Mm -hmm. They were the richest men in the word of God. He loved David, right? God after man's own heart. Listen, listen. God loved Joe, man, listen. Joseph, David, all of the different people inside inside of the word, they were incredibly successful. They were incredibly rich. Right. And God loved them and they became successful. And he literally had them in his bosom. Now, why is it that he can say that? And then at the same time, say it's going to be harder for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of heaven. It's like going through the eye of a, a, a needle. Right. The reason that it is, is it's because your sentiment is it's, it's your spirit. It's your character. It's the fact that you then make money your God. And any God that's before him will never be able to reign with him. Right. And so the thing that people need to understand is that money is literally just a tool really taken into consideration. It's just the way in which you can control whatever it is that you're doing and a resource to keep us from killing each other so that we can exchange goods and services. That's it. It's not even worth the paper that is printed on. 
And that's why when you ask me initially, would I rather have fame, money, or power? I'll take the power. All day long. Man, brother, this was a real treat to have you come and sit down and give us so much wisdom. <laughs> I bet y'all I, didn't I, expect this. I, I, they, you know, they've been, you know, you're new to me. Um, I I was unaware of your work before today, but I'm definitely, I'm definitely tapped in. You are a knowledgeable brother. You are a wise brother, man. You put so much fat on my brain today. I appreciate it. And uh, we definitely want you to come back whenever we get the opportunity, whenever you're in the city, man. For sure. Hey, this is the best part. Oh, yeah. I'm just, man, hey, man. For anybody who want to link in with you, you know, work with you, come on, get to any type of your, uh, your stuff, how would they do that? Anton Daniels. You can literally either Google me, throw me in any search bar, whether it's on YouTube, Google, any of that. Just type in my name, Anton Daniels. It's going to pop up. Amen. And that's Amen. it, bro. And do you have any shout outs? Um, shout out to the hoes, man. Amen. I think that every hoe plays a great role. It's the difference between a hoe and a housewife, but it doesn't mean that you're not valuable in your own unique way. Hey, you know, you can't spell house without hoe. Yeah, I, listen. <laughs> I, listen, listen. I think that everybody, everybody serves a purpose. Amen. And I think that hoes serve, serve a purpose. We just gotta appreciate them differently. We can't place them in the same in the same breath as a as a wife, but they definitely serve a purpose. Shout Amen. out to the hoes. And shout out to the single baby mamas out here too. But don't but we're not pieces, gonna be stepping. Pieces pieces of shit. <laughs> shout out to the single baby mamas that's out here giving relationship advice and don't even know how to keep a man. Amen. Shout out to y'all. Shout out yeah. to Umar Johnson. When you gonna get that fucking school bill? <laughs> shout out, shout out to Jay Morrison. How you gonna steal everybody money and then create the Treff Fund, big dog? Shout out to Boys Watkins. <laughs> shout out to Boys Watkins for for being a uh, PhD in economics but not knowing how to build his own fucking business. <laughs> <laughs> and with that being said, Anton Daniels, you are a real life street star. Let's go. Oh.